And now it's the Saturday Morning Jukebox Legend Spotlight. John Russell and Rick Hickman with you here on Classic Hits 98.3 WLCS. And it is certainly our privilege to recognize the outstanding contributions of Three Dog Night. It's a band who registered 21 top 40 hits from 1969 to 1975. And three of those outstanding hits went all the way to number one. On top of that, they helped to introduce us as audiences to the work of a lot of great songwriters. Folks like Paul Williams, Hoy Daxton, Harry Nielsen, Randy Newman, Leo Sayre, and many others. And it is certainly our honor to welcome a gentleman who was a co-founder and lead singer for Three Dog Night, Mr. Chuck Negron. Hey, how are you guys doing today? Fantastic, Chuck. And you're touring with a cast of wildly successful groups and solo artists as part of the Happy Together Tour, which will be coming to the Little River Casino in August. Give us an idea of what it's like to travel with these guys who are still at the top of their game today. You know what? It's a ball. These uh... These guys are funny men, and everyone uh, is sharing stories and just hysterical uh, moments and poignant moments in their careers. So it's uh, very enlightening, and for me, I I get to see how many roots and how long these guys have been doing this. It's like uh, very fascinating for me. Well, let's take you back, Chuck, to the early days. You were from New York, and you had the doo-wop group going. You were one of those street corner doo-wop guys starting out, right? Yes, I was. Uh, and then we got a little little airplay with a record, and we worked a lot of clubs and college dances and stuff. So it was, yeah, it was fun. Talk to us also, a thing that I'm fascinated about is the Brill Building. A lot of the younger audience probably don't really realize what that was, but I kind of compare it to kind of a factory for songwriters, I guess. Uh, talk to us about you know some of, the, some of the talent there and what that was like. I know you were connected with that in New York as well. Oh, it was amazing. I, as a younger man listening to the radio, and then especially when the Rondells went out and started playing gigs and working with other bands that were on the radio, we re- realized that the difference between us and them was they had great songs. So we found out that the writers were coming from the Brill Building, Barry Mann, Cynthia Wilde, Goffin and, and King, Lieber and Stoller, Backrack and David. It's like this unbelievable talent. We went in there trying to find uh, someone to write us a, uh, you know, us a song. Unfortunately, they were writing for songs for you know, people with little high profiles. And also, Neil Sedaka, he was one of the writers there. And you know, so it was a very exciting, exciting time learning the business and going to the Sprill building and you know, all these writers, just one writer after another. And it was the heart and soul of the business to me, the writers. Ooh, she may be weary. Young girls, they do get weary Wearing that same old funky dress But ooh, she gets weary, weary Won't you try some tenderness 
You know she's there waiting And anticipating For the things you'll never, never have Oh, no, no Ooh, ah, she gets weary Won't you try Right here on Classic Hits 98.3 WLCS. Just an old-fashioned love song playing on the radio And wrapped around the music is the sound of someone promising they'll never go It's the Saturday Morning Jukebox Legends Spotlight. 
Classic Hits 98.3 WLCS. This is Rick Hickman inviting you back into the Legend Spotlight as we continue our conversation with Chuck Negron of Three Dog Night. And here again is John Russell. You also had not only singing on your agenda as a young man, but also a, a, a fairly gifted basketball player. So you had some options of growing up, didn't you? Yeah, I did. And uh, actually, I was an all city basketball player in my senior year and all divisional, all league. I mean, I did very well. So I, I got several different college scholarships. I picked the, the, the smallest school and went to California because my father was there. But yeah, I, the year I left that school, went to Cal State. Bill Sharman was the coach, drafted me there. And I was, I got signed with Columbia Records. So Columbia Records said, listen, you can either go to college, you can become here and be an artist. And that was early. That was in 1964. So, uh, you know, I, when I went in there, I was, uh, with a handful of new artists. Gary Bucket being one of them. Wow. Yeah, Gary, I think, was signed in 65, you know, uh, mm-hmm. groups that were, you know, a little different, long-haired groups. And also, um, Mark Lindsay. Mark Lindsay was signed in 65, you know, with his band. So, you know, it's amazing. We're all there in the, on the same label, recording in the same studios, but we never met.
much more story of Three Dog Night to tell and so much more great music to hear. Hopefully you're hearing some Three Dog Night hits that maybe you'd forgotten about a little bit. That's kind of what we do here during the Legend Spotlight on Classic Hits 98.3 WLCS. John Russell and Rick Hickman back with you again here on Classic Hits 98.3. And I'd certainly like to go back to some of the early years of the band. In 1967, of course, you helped to form Three Dog Night. Things begin to kick off as a career. And tell us about those early days and what life was like when you start to realize successful things are happening. For Three Dog Night, it was, before we even had the name, Brian Wilson wanted to record as producers. So we went to Brian's... Brian's house, and this is, you know, this is 66. We're in Brian's house, and he's writing songs for us, Darlin' being one of them. And we're recording with the L.A. Philharmonic, and we're going, we're going to happen, we're going to happen. And because of this family issues and their need for him to give them more attention, uh, we we had to move on. So, but, but, but in 67, when we started, putting a band together for the first time and we were able to rehearse every day, we realized we had something uh, because our voices were getting stronger. The, the band influence was just paramount in, in the development of Three Dog Dive. We're talking with Chuck Negrang. And, and Chuck, how did you met, uh, meet uh, uh, Danny and, and, and Corey? Was this something that you were kind of thrown together as from somebody else? or, or how did No, all... no I, was, I, I went to a party for Donovan, Donovan Leach, mm-hmm. uh, who was just inducted into the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. I went to a party with a girl for Donovan, and uh, she knew Danny, introduced me to Danny. Danny and I hit it off, and a few nights later, went out to a club, and the band knew me and asked me to come up and sing. When I sang, Danny said, oh, my God, your voice is beautiful. So I said, thank you. So he got a hold of Corey Wells, and they both came to me, Corey was a friend of his, mm-hmm. they both came to me and they said, let's sing and see if we could, if we can develop something. And we did. And the second we signed together, the second we signed together, we knew we had something. Slipping away, sitting on a pillow, waiting for night to fall. Girl in a dream, sitting on a pillow. This is the
And there's so much more great music to celebrate right here on Classic Hits 98.3 as we'll return with more of the Legend Spotlight. the Saturday Morning Jukebox Legend Spotlight. Welcome back to the Legend Spotlight as we research the life and times of Three Dog Night with Chuck Negron. And once again, here's John Russell. 18 straight top 20 hits, 8 uh, top 10 albums, and uh, I think like 4 number 1s. You guys just had a, a tremendous run in the 1960s. And, and you were more than just a, you know, a group that of singing. I mean, you were kind of your, your own little compact A&R group, too. I mean, you guys made the arrangements. I mean, you guys were, were much more than just uh, you know, three guys that stood out there and sang the tunes, weren't you? Oh, yeah. You know, we all were seasoned, you know, Pros, you know, you know, as far as the studio, we'd all done our time working for other labels, being told what to do, and so when we had the opportunity, we knew, I knew, the difference between everything uh, we could do and everything we would do would be the songs. So I went back to the publishers. I asked any new writers. Uh, Chuck K, a publisher, said, "Hey." I got this new guy, listen to this, and he played me a couple of Harry Nielsen songs. I picked one, then I heard some stuff from Paul Williams, I picked a couple of his, and uh, Corey heard, liked Randy Newman, so he brought in a Randy Newman song. You know, I liked Tim Harden, so I broke and brought in a Tim Harden song. So, you know, that's how it started. The first album had enough hits on it for us you know, to go on to the next one and then, you know, discovered more artists. On the second album, we discovered Elton John, you know, years before. And he had a hit record. We did, I sang the first Elton John song ever recorded by anybody.
Classic Hits 98.3, and you're probably thinking that must be all the hits ever by Three Dog Night, and no, we've not even scratched the surface. John and I will be back with more of the Legend Spotlight right here on WLCS. Well, I've never been to England, but I kind of like the Beatles. Well, I get it for Los Angeles, only made it out to needles. Can you feel it? Must be real, it feels so good. So good. Well, I know. It's the Saturday Morning Jukebox Legends Spotlight. Welcome back to our conversation here on Classic Hits 98.3 with Chuck Negron, one of the co-founders and lead singers of Three Dog Night, and Rick Hickman with you with John Russell. And of course, there is such a thing as living a lucrative rock and roll lifestyle. Unfortunately, that very same lifestyle can often take a severe toll on an individual. Now, You've written a couple of books on this subject, the best-selling Three Dog Nightmare and a follow-up called Three Dog Nightmare, The Continuing Chuck Negron Story, which tells about your personal life and death struggle with the rock and roll lifestyle. Yeah, well, what I, what I wanted to do, which I thought was important, I was seeing, you know, more and more artists, young people dying. Uh, young people going in and out of rehab. And I, I felt that I could write a book and be brutally honest about what happens when you start fooling around with drugs or drinking. And so I did. Uh, you know, and it's uh, brutally honest. Uh, it has helped a lot of people. I mean, people have come to me uh, thanking me. And I, So at any rate, uh, I couldn't write that book now. It would be too, too painful. Right. But when I did... Uh, it, it just poured out of me, and um, yeah, the, the the drug and alcohol lifestyle, you know, and uh, end, ended our band. I mean, it ended our band. It was the most prolific rock band since the Beatles mm-hmm. at that time, uh, with one hit a- after another, and drugs and alcohol uh, brought us down. And I and I wrote the book, but so I talk about me, but. Trust me, there were two guys in the band were fired before I ever got in trouble for drugs, you know. And uh, when we did our last show at the Greek Theater, out of the seven, there were three of us left. Wow. There were three of us left. The rest, you know, had fallen by the wayside of, of drugs, drug and alcohol. So that's a pretty powerful statement. Exactly that. How how did you pull yourself? And I know it's in the book, but how did you guys? How did you get a grip on everything and just just straighten your life out, uh, Chuck? Well, you know what I I was told about this place, Cry Help, which uh, is in uh, North Hollywood, mm-hmm. and uh, so I went in there and I found out that my commitment had to be at least eight months. So I stayed there almost a year, and they saved my life. It gave me enough time to. Uh, to heal and be away from drugs and alcohol and, uh, you know, following their direction and, and the program they had, they had in place there. Um, I got my life back. I got my life back. And, uh, slow, slowly I with you know, with confidence, but 
with patience, uh, I was able to uh, start working in the music business again. And your voice, I mean, has never been better. In some ways, I guess you say that it's stronger than it was when you were uh, when you were a young guy and, and really kind of abusing your body, I guess, right? Yeah, it, it is, you know, because I'm, I'm, you know, healthier. I mean, right. it's not, you know, it's not stronger than I, when I was young and, right. <laughs> you know, and, and healthy. But, yeah, yeah, it, it is stronger. So grateful that you decide to share a portion of your day with us right here on Classic Hits 98.3. We'll be back with more of Chuck and the story of Three Dog Night right after this here on WLCS. the Saturday Morning Jukebox Legends Spotlight. Rick and John back with you enjoying all the great music of Three Dog Night here on Classic Hits 98.3.
the era that you, that you played in. I mean, you know, we play play that music here, all of your music and all your you know your uh, Confederates there at that time. Was there any feeling of, of uh, talk to us about that the music business? It just seemed like there was a, a kind of a bonding among the groups themselves. I know you you started out in the East Coast, but you went to the West Coast and you know the whole Canyon scene and stuff like that. I mean, there was a there was a true camar- uh, camaraderie among artists back then, wasn't there? Oh, yes. Matter of fact, you know, that that canyon scene, I lived there. Mm -hmm. The only reason I wasn't in the documentary they did is because Danny was in it. And, you know, unfortunately, Danny and I don't uh, don't see eye eye to eye. So the producers felt, you know, you you know, let's let's not do. But I, I, I lived in the canyon for 25 years. So, yeah, I know all those guys. Yeah, we did. We sat around and jammed together. Uh, we were very supportive of one, you know, one another, and uh, many of us made it. It's amazing how many of us made it that were in the canyon. Yeah, exactly. And and you also, um, you know. We're, was there any feeling of how great that music was? I call it the true golden era of music. I mean, the, the pop music scene from, you know, the 50s to the 60s to the 1970s. I mean, as you guys are living it and stuff like that, I mean, was was there, was there a feeling of how special that was, or is it just something that you kind of realize it yourself as you get a little bit older and you get out and do these uh, do these tours with these, uh, with these other guys? Um, I think when we were doing it, we knew it was special, but we didn't, I didn't know. How, how special it was and and how long it would be a part of uh, the, mu- the music landscape. I mean, I hear those mu- that music today, you know, on the radio, and I go, it's as good or better than anything that's being played. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And, and there was a friendly competition. I think we talked to her, Jimmy Webb, say, you know, you, you, you listen to the Beatles, and all of a sudden you wanted to do something, not that you were going to top the Beatles, but you wanted to put something out there that, that was going to do that. Is that what you guys found yourself doing as well? Well, you know what? We, we kind of had the competition within ourselves, ah. within, within the band. Um, uh, for This is my view. I really didn't look at the Beatles or the Stones or Sly Stone or... or any of the group's credence, any of it didn't really, because I knew what we were doing was just totally different. It was totally different and actually more eclectic than any of those bands. We had a lot of roads we could go down. Mm-hmm. So the thing that pushed me was trying to keep up with Corey Wells, was, was, was trying to uh, understand and relate to the, the unique arrangements the band was playing. You know, I come up with ideas, and the next thing you know, they turn it into a gem. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, and so it was more, you know, the competition for me was more within the band. That's what drove me to keep, keep on top of what was happening in my own band. And I know you know things have been strange between you and, and Danny and, and and Corey. It, can you ever say never? I mean, is is there ever a chance somewhere down the line that maybe you guys will get back together and uh, and, and and do some stuff? You know, um, I never say never. But but Danny has told me and many people he's just not going to do it. Uh, you know, he he just doesn't feel it's financially a viable situation where he's splitting the money two ways. Why split it three ways? He doesn't realize or even respect the fact that Three Dog Night is an important name and that the original band would make more money. So it, the ball's in his court. It's been in his court for years, for decades. <laughs>
Well, we're certainly not lying. We've got one more segment to go as we really enjoy our chat with Chuck Negron of Three Dog Night right here on Classic Hits 98.3 WLCS. It's the Saturday Morning Jukebox Legend Spotlight. Classic Hits 98.3 WLCS. Rick Hickman back with you in our final segment of the Legend Spotlight with Chuck Negron of Three Dog Night. Here again is John Russell. Uh, you mentioned the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame, and one of the true shames is that you guys certainly deserve to be in it, and and you're not. And it is such a perplexing uh, selection process of some of the groups that are are in there, and some of the groups that are not in there, or the individuals that are not in there. Does that uh, does that bug the hell out of you that you're not in there? Or don't you no, don't you care anymore? What it does is it it discredits what the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame is. Oh. I mean, when you look at some of the people that are in there, and God bless them, right. uh, and some of the people that aren't, it's the only Hall of Fame that has nothing to do with facts and statistics. <laughs> the only one that has nothing to do with achievements and honors. It all has to do with who they want to put in. And and it's so arbitrary that it's you know it's bogus. It's just bogus. You know at this at this point I really don't care because they have no credibility with mm-hmm. me because their their selection process is just crap. Right. Right. We couldn't agree more. And another thing we certainly agree on is the Happy Together Tour. Just amazing set of performers and performances coming to the Little River Casino. And, of course, that's Gary Puckett, Gary Lewis, Mark, Lindsay, Flo and Eddie, all the great folks we've had a chance to talk with. I know they're all great friends of yours. And, of course, folks who attend will get to hear all of the greatest hits from Three Dog Night and Chuck Negron. Thank you so much. Take care, man. Bye-bye, Bye-bye. Chuck. Bye-bye.
there are any tickets to be had for the Little River Casino performance of the Happy Together Tour with that fantastic lineup of incredible artists, simply visit lrcr.com and we'll hope to see you at the tables after a great show. Thanks for joining us. We'll be back again with more of the Legend Spotlight here on Classic Hits 98.3.